Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. How long do you think that would last us? What's the first thing that's going to begin to diminish is our, our strength, our ability to perform uh, here on this earth. Is that right? All of a sudden, health issues begin to set in. We become weak. We become disoriented. Or we, we begin to lose function and whatnot. Well, guess what? It works that way, same way spiritually, folks. I'm telling you, it works that way. We, sometimes we think, oh, I'm bulletproof. No. If you want to drive the point home, just start fasting for a while. Just, uh, you know, take a week and don't eat anything and see what happens to your physical body. And I tell you what, it will begin to take its toll. And so know this, that spiritually we have to eat. We need to, just like we, we eat, we feed our bodies every day, we need to be feeding our spirit, man, every day. I don't know why I'm staying on this. Somebody needs to hear this. Well, we all need to hear it, really encouraged in this and be reminded of this. But there's nothing more important in this life as a believer that you'll do on a day-to-day basis than, than, than feeding on God's Word. Because don't let, I mean, folks, listen, sometimes it takes a putting some things aside, putting some things down to pick up what's important. Pastor Lee, my pastor in Oklahoma, you've heard me say this, and this is where I got here many times, that we do what we want to do if we want to do it bad enough. In other words, is it a priority to us? Is it important to us? Is it life or death to us? Hallelujah. So what what that looks like is on your day, our day-to-day basis when we try to, when the enemy comes in and brings problems along in our lives, and we're not feeding on the Word of God. Our spirit man is not built up where, our, where who we should be. We fall prey through weakness to the enemy and problems that comes along. We mishandle those problems. We miss them. We don't step out in faith. We, we're, we get into doubt and unbelief concerning things. And uh, uh, a lot of other problems begin to come. And if the sh- I'm just going to say this this morning. If the shoe fits, wear it. Say, okay, that's me. Well, okay, you don't have to answer me, but thank you. <laughs> just, just tell the Lord, okay, Lord, I- I'm going to do something about it. Amen. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to change this. And especially if you're the man of your household or the husband in your wife, folks, I'm telling you, you've got to set an example. Come on now. Throw stones if you want to, but that's just the way it is. Because what happens is our flesh begins to be stronger, begins to take over. We begin to be, be fleshly led instead of spirit led. We begin to do what the flesh, what it wants to do instead of our spirit. We know, and, and if you spend any time at all here, you know, we talk about uh, uh, spirit, soul, and body. So number one, We are a what? We are a spirit. Number two, we have a a soul, and we live in a body. This, this, this that you see right here. Okay, let me ask you this: How many of you? It's a trick question. I'll tell you right off the bat. 
How many of you can see me up here? You see my body. You see my tent. You see my, you see roadkill out on the road? The carcass? That's what you see here is my carcass. Getting real now, right? Guess what? The real me is on the inside, looking out the windows of my spirit. You, the real you, are in the inside. But how many times when we talk about ourselves, do we see ourselves as flesh? And so there's a reprogramming of our mind that has to take place to really see ourselves how God sees us. God is a spirit. We're spirit beings. Now let me, let me shock you with something right now. Did you know that you are in eternity right at this very moment? Your spirit is an eternal being. If you would by chance be here today and your spirit has not been reborn, what's that mean? Has nothing to do with church, has nothing to do, has to do with relationship. Doesn't have anything to do with religion. It has to do with a relationship. It has to do with a change of heart on the inside. Our spirit being reborn. When we accept what Jesus did through the death, burial, and resurrection, we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we're reborn, praise God. The person that goes born into this world, that this world is, uh, God, Satan is the God of this world, but a person that's born into this world and goes all through life and never changes anything in his life, sadly will, according to Scripture, will end up in hell. I'm not preaching damnation, I'm, I'm preaching the truth because we're born into a world of sin. What's it take to intercept that? It takes God made us free will agents, free moral agents, right? And so we will have a will to choose. And so in the middle of, of this walk through planet earth, we say, Jesus, I see that you died on the cross for me, that you love me so much. I ask you to come into my heart and change my heart. And that quick, instantly, by an act of our will, a choice that we made, our, we have been reborn and now our destination is no longer hell. It's been that quickly changed to glory. And so that's why I say we're spirit, we're spirit beings, and our spirit has to be reborn to enter into the kingdom of heaven. The spirit of darkness don't live in heaven. Hallelujah. Thank God he did that. Why wouldn't everyone, if God wants everybody in heaven, why can't he have everybody just go there? Because then he would be forcing himself on our choices, our will. Remember, it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to everlasting life. It's God's, it's God's desire and his, his ultimate desire is to see every person in heaven with him. But how many of you know it takes a choice on our part? He gave us a will. He didn't make us a robot. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So all that to say, we're spirit, right? Spirit beings. I'm spirit, praise God. And when we begin to see each other spirit to spirit as we are, we begin to look over the weaknesses and the problems of the flesh. I didn't get a single amen there. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's okay. You're thinking about it. That's good. Because it's so important to see each other who we really are from the inside out. Don't, don't, don't judge someone by their outside, but their actions. I just tell people, praise God, God's not finished with me yet. Amen. He's working from the inside out. He's changing us from glory to glory. As we spend time in his presence, in his word, we begin to put on his image more and more in him. Amen. All right. So, 
we're to grow. We're to grow in through the Word of God, and we teach others. The second part of a vision is this. We're called to lead people, primary born-again believers, to a place where they operate proficiently in the biblical principles of faith, love, healing, prosperity, redemption, and righteousness. These are foundational principles of our life where they can share those principles with others. Matthew 18, or 28, 18 through 20, Mark 16, 15 through 20. Third part, we're called to assist believers in becoming rooted, grounded, and established in the Word of God by teaching them to give God's Word first place in their lives. Colossians 123 and Psalms 112. We're called to reveal the mysteries, the victorious revelation of God's Word that has been hidden from the ages, Colossians 1, 25 through 28. We are called to build an army of mature believers, bringing them from the milk to the meat, from religion to reality. We're called to train them to become skillful in the word of righteousness, to stand firm in the spiritual warfare against the kingdom of darkness, Hebrews 5, 12 through 14, and Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. And finally, we're called to assist believers to build a strong family unit from seniors to babies, having the Word of God first place in their home, serving God together, and having their home be a haven of love, joy, and peace in Ephesians chapter 5 and 6. That's in a nutshell. Underneath of that are other categories, subcategories, but in a nutshell, that's our vision for Word of Faith Family Church. Hallelujah. And each one of us have a part of that, of making that happen and, and, and take place. Praise God. All right. So uh, we've been hearing about Paul. Amen? Yeah. What about Paul? Well, we, we talked about uh, several things about Paul. Uh, started it off, Pastor Michael then kind of followed up, and we talked, you, you learned a little bit about uh, where Paul come from, a little bit of his history. Uh, uh, we know the main thing that people know about Paul, obviously, is the road to Damascus experience. How many of you ever thought about what you would, how you would respond if that happened to you? Oh, we pray it on others sometimes. What about us? Oh, it's real easy to say, God, just give them a road to Damascus experience. But see, every one of us need a, a, a change after, uh, 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 or should be open to changes in our lives. And we should be changing. We should allow the Word of God to change us in many areas. But this is something I want you to uh, understand. We're going to kind of dig into it a little bit deeper here today. Paul uses the term in Christ, in Him, and in whom 130 times in his writings. If he used them that much, don't you feel that that was probably pretty important? It was through the revelation. Now, I want you to understand, and Pastor Michael kind of headed that direction a little bit, but it was through the revelation of who Christ is in us that changes and makes the difference. Churches today are full of people that love God, that are born again, they'll tell you, and they'll be the first to try to lead you to Jesus, which is very good. But then when you begin to ask them, okay, what about spirit, soul, and body? Tell me about that. Tell me what you know about that. Tell me how we're supposed to walk and live. And most of the time, the answer you'll get will be very surface in this. Paul wants us to look in much deeper than that. Paul, uh, through his word, 
uh, uh, the, through his writings, some of the things that he wrote. And I want to read, uh, uh, I know some of you may have this. Uh, this is Brother Mark Hankins' book, Paul's System of Truth. And um, I'm going to read a couple of inserts in here that will kind of set the stage a little bit. Uh, and, and remember, one of the big things that changed between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant or the Old Testament and the New Testament is what? What made the change there? Jesus what? Coming to the earth, right? But was that all of it? What was, what was the fulfillment of Jesus coming to the earth? The death, burial, and resurrection, wasn't it? Through his death, burial, and resurrection, it changed everything. Then what happened? Jesus departed planet earth, but he left a helper here on this earth for us, right? The Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. I remember Brother Jesse, Jesse Duplantis, talking one time. You know, those of you that haven't heard his story where he, uh, God took him to heaven. He experienced things in heaven. And he said, I asked the stupidest question you could ever ask in heaven. He said, I asked, where's the Holy Spirit? I don't see him. I was told, Jesse, he's on the earth. Oh, duh. Yeah, okay. Well, he's here with us, praise God. Amen. He's our helper. Thank God for the, for the Holy Spirit. But so, so through the death, burial, and resurrection, now mankind could have God, God's Spirit, God's presence living on the inside. Right? We know that God is seated, uh, is, is in glory. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is here on this earth. The Holy Spirit is the one that lives on the inside of us, praise God. Amen? And so as he lives on the inside, he communicates with us. We know that Romans, the 8th chapter, said those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Now, that's not gender. That's mankind, the mankind of God, sons and daughters of God, we understand. And so, what is that? That's the, that is the MO of a Christian. He's stating there, Paul stated there in Romans, the 8th chapter, that those that are children of him are led by him. Well, how are we led? Because he lives on the inside, all right? So his spirit, the Holy Spirit, communicates with our reborn spirit that, uh, 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 that we're born again, but he communicates and he bears witness with our spirit. That's the leading. That's how he leads and guides us. I, I, I've said this before many times because uh, you can kind of paint the picture. How many of you remember in school you took two cups and you run a string between it and you had your friend go someplace, put it up their ear and you put it up and you said something through that. Remember doing that? I don't know if they still do that today or not, but anyway. But you communicate through that. Well, I like to see it like that. The Holy Spirit is connected with our spirit. He's communicating. He's sending information to us. Amen. Spirit to spirit, that's where we get it. He doesn't communicate up here this God gave us this to use, but he puts it right here. He goes deeper than that. The enemy is the one that deals with the mind. Anybody ever have any, don't raise your hand on this. Everybody have any problems with your thoughts? Well, well, guess what? The enemy can get into your mind. He can put thoughts in there, but he can't get into your spirit. Hallelujah. Satan will never tell you to do something on the inside. That's why I said when you're listening to God, when you ask the Lord a question or, or you begin to talk to the Lord concerning something, 
I always like to just to lay my hand right on the in, right here on the inside, and it begins to change my focus from up here to here. I begin to concentrate listening on the inside, because he wants to speak. He does speak. You say, "Well, I don't hear from God." He's speaking. It's learning how to tune it in. Now I'll really date you. How many of you remember the old radios where you had to turn them to find the radio station? Some younger people, what, what, what are you talking about? You just, no, it's all digital. No, we used to have the one, and boy, we lived out where, you know, AM, and, and I mean, you know, you would have to continue, and sometimes that, that signal changed, and where you was listening to it early in the day, that night, you had to readjust it, and vice versa, many times a day, even sometimes while you was listening to it, you had to kind of tune it in, but sometimes, you know, it's important that us, that we tune the ears of our spirit in to hear him. Hallelujah. So I want you to do something right now. If you have a piece of paper, I'd like you to take it out and an ink pen or a pencil or something like that if you've got one. Hallelujah. And I want you to write the word heart on that piece of paper. H-E-A-R-T. Hallelujah. Everybody got it? H-E-A-R-T. Now circle the inside three letters. What is that? Ear, did you know that where our hearing, our real hearing is, is in the middle, in the center of our heart? It's not here. It's in here. That's where we hear, in the middle of our heart, praise God. Why? Because we're spirit. So this is the big thing that began to change after Jesus he said, I'm going to begin to do a new thing. Well, is God new? No, he's not new, but he was going to begin to uh, begin a new thing with how he dealt with mankind. He said, I will write my laws upon their heart. Right? Now it's not the laws that you have to go, well, let's see what he, he says back here in, in Leviticus or uh, uh, in Numbers or let, let's go back here and find out what the law is. No, we know. Through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, when we go to do something that's not right, on the inside, we know it's not right. Right? He lives on the inside. He's written those laws on the inside. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit is on the inside to remind us. So that's why it's so cool when we, we, we read the Word of God, when we study the Word of God, we put it on the inside. Now we have the Holy Spirit to be our helper to bring that up when we need that Word for, for battle and for different things, situations in our life. You go into a battle, a problem comes your way, guess what? You're looking for the Word to stand on concerning that, for or against it, Right? And so the Holy Spirit will help you, will usually give you a scripture or something that will rise up and instantly that becomes your, your, your ammunition. It becomes your, your, what you can do battle with, praise God. That's pretty cool, isn't it? And so we are spirit and we walk according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Now I want to read this little bit to you here. Science classifies all living things in two categories, plants or animals. Scientists have put man in the animal kingdom. One day, my high school biology teacher asked the class, how many of you are plants? No one raised their hand. He asked, how many of you are animals? Some students raised their hand, others did not. He asked if anyone in the class was dead. 
He kept on and on in an effort to make his point that everything living is either plant or animal. My teacher continued until everyone in the class had raised their hand except me. He asked me, are you a planet? plant? I said, no, I am not a plant. He then asked me, are you an animal? I said, no, I am not an animal. He asked, what are you then? And I answered, I am a spirit made in the image of God. That's who we are. I am a spirit made in the image of God. Made a shade lower than God himself. He looked at me says, I'm not talking about church. And I told him, I'm not talking about church either. The Greek word for spirit is pneuma. John 4.24 says, God is the spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus said, God is the spirit or pneuma. Since God, man is made in the image of, of God, man is also a spirit or pneuma. Um, Hebrews 12.9, <coughs> excuse me, says, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, we have fathers of our flesh, which uh, corrected us. Let me grab my glasses here. Just bear with me here. That's a small print here. There we go. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? That's Hebrews 12.9. In this scripture, God called Father, uh, God is called Father of spirits, or he is the Father of numus. You are a spirit with a soul, which includes your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you are staying in a body, the house you live in, your carcass I was talking about, right? Many theologians have said we cannot understand Paul's letters. We know that people have a, a mind and a body, but what is this pneuma concept? Paul's pneuma concept embraces the realm of the spirit. Man is the spirit. He is connected to God. God is the spirit. God is a pneuma. The man is a pneuma. I'd like to say it this way. God is father pneuma. He made people to be little pneumas. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our pneuma that we are the children of God, Romans 8.16. The big pneuma bears witness with the little pneuma. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Um, when God, the Father, pneuma, formed Adam's body and breathed into him, he inhaled in heaven and exhaled into Adam. Uh, Genesis 2.7. When, God, when Adam stood up, he walked and talked like Father Numa. He had Numa love, Numa glory, Numa honor, and he exercised Numa dominion. Adam's mind was so sharp because he was in fellowship with God, Father Numa. Without trying to think up new words, he named all the animals. Um, and there's some other things I'm not going to go into for sake of time. So one of the big things that took place now here with, when this change took place is that man, man's spirit was born again and became in the likeness and the image of God. Well, Paul talks about that much in his writings. 
Matter of fact, he starts out, Roman, well, he starts out, actually, he talks about in, in, in Romans chapter 6 and some into Romans chapter 7 about how that there's a struggle going on the inside from the old man and the new, from his flesh, uh, uh, fleshly ways in the past till now he's born again. Now Jesus lives in his heart and he's wanting to do the right things, but there's that struggle going on on the inside. And he talks about when I want to do the things I, I know I'm supposed to do. There's a battle going on in that. But then he moves over into chapter 8. Thank God for Romans 8. Romans 8, 1 starts out and says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. So he sets a preface up right there from the very beginning. So he says there's no condemnation to those who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And then he begin, begins to talk about and uh, 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 the walking by the, the, by the flesh leads to death, walking by the Spirit leads to life. So let me, let, let me say it this way. It's our choice how we're going to walk here on this earth. It's our choice. We're free will agents. At any time, we know that God's Spirit lives inside of us. The presence of God lives in us. We want to do right. We spend time in His Word. But how many of you know at any time, we can step out of that, death, or out of that life cycle over into the death cycle? At any time, we can choose to fall to sin. You know what sin means to miss the mark. It's an archery term. It means to miss the mark. At any time, we can choose to follow our flesh and step back into that death cycle. We're born again. God lives inside of us. But through our choosing, we can step out of that. And in doing so, we step out of the blessing of God. And in choosing to do so, what happens? We open the door to the enemy. We basically say, okay, we're not, we're not going to walk, follow after God here. We're going to follow after our flesh, do what the flesh wants. And the enemy goes, aha, and can come in. Moms and dad in your home, keep the door closed to your enemy, to the enemy. I don't care how much the temptation is there to do something fleshly or to do something even, folks, there, there, there's, a, there's a walk that's required of us. Thank you, Lord. We can't be talking about somebody. We can't be putting somebody down. You know what the Bible calls that? That's called cursings. And we try to put someone else down to make ourselves look good. What are we doing? We're only, we're only hurting ourselves and we're opening the door to the enemy. Hallelujah. I know it's quiet in here. One thing you, you've learned from me over the past, I won't mince words. Because this is who we are. And the enemy's business in John 10.10 10 is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And what he's doing, this is not to create a kind of fear, but it's to create a, 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 an awareness that there is a devil out there and he wants access into our lives, but, but it's up to us to keep the door closed to him. Amen. Keep the door closed in our home. Hallelujah. Be careful what your children are seeing you do. Be, be careful of the life you're living around your children. Hallelujah. 
Say amen or oh me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But it's, it's a fact because God has good things for us and he wants to take us higher, but it's the choices that we make sometimes gets us in a lot of trouble. We need to walk by the Spirit, by our spirit and not by the flesh. Hallelujah. You've heard me talk about this before, two out of three, the majority rules, right? Spirit, soul, and body. What happens? And I've used this illustration many times because it's very, it's right in front of us. Here we are sitting in service today in church. How many of you know that you had a decision to make to come to church today? Some of you might have, your flesh might have said, I don't want to go to church today. It's my day off. I've been busy all week. I don't want to go to church. Your spirit man says, no, let's go. Need to go get fed. Receive the word of God. We have a supply. Let's take our supply. Praise God. Let's go. Now, how many of you know that you'll never get your flesh trained? The Bible says your flesh is enmity against God. Now, it can be helped and it can be influenced, but never trust your flesh. So now the other, the missing part, the third party here, is our soul, which is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. In other words, our, our thinking, decisions we make, our will, our choosing, what we choose to do, and our emotional status. How many of you know there's a lot of things in this world today that's geared towards your, our emotions? Get you excited just to let the air out of it to do something or whatever. Won't get into that. So our mind, our will, and emotion, can the, will the Word of God affect those three things? Will it affect them and begin to train those three areas, begin to turn things around them? Absolutely. We know the Bible talks about our mind being transformed by the renewing of our mind, right? We, we know that we are to, one thing that we're to have is our soul is to prosper, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Our soul, is a part of that, is our emotions. We know that our will begins to come in line with God's will when we stay in the Word of God and we present ourselves to Him. And so our, our, our soul can be influenced if we spend time in the Word of God. If we do nothing in spending time in the Word of God, it begins to affect our spirit. Our spirit man becomes weak, and we haven't been staying in the Word of God, so we're not training our thought pattern, our, our, our choices that we make. All of a sudden, we begin to make wrong choices. Our emotions begin to be a wreck because we haven't spent time in the Word of God. And our flesh, boy, there's a wild card. Who knows which way it's going to go. And so you get up. Okay, your flesh says, or your spirit man says, let's go to church today. Your flesh says, I don't want to go to church. I don't feel like going to church. And your mind says, oh, reasoning sets in and said, well, I've got this to do and I've got that to do. And we really need to do that. And for long, uh, you know, something happens and you, your emotions is a wreck. And next thing you know, you just make the decision, I'm not going to church today. What's happened? Two out of three, the majority always rules. Now, your, your soul has agreed with your flesh, even though your spirit man 
wants you to do the right thing, you're not going to do it because the majority rules. Now, what happens if you've been in the Word of God, building yourself up in, in the Word of God, now your, your, your soulish realm is stronger, your, mind, your, your, your flesh even begins to be influenced, and when your spirit's man says, regardless, we're going to church, the flesh says, well, I don't really feel like it, but your, 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 your will says, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been practicing making good choices, praise God, we're gone, and here you are. Amen. Now, that's not just about coming to church. That has to do in our everyday life. So how many of you know, we as spirit beings, we want to do the right thing. Paul's, a lot of his ministry is about the looking at the importance of spirit in our lives. Like I said, many churches are full of, of religious people or people that talk about God, love God, have a sincere love for God, but they don't know that there's that finer part, that x-ray that Pastor Michael talked about that Paul gives. Not a snapshot, not an overall, which is what the four Gospels is a picture of, that Jesus talked about and everything, but now Paul's digging in, and here's how we're supposed to live. Let me, I, I wrote this down. Listen to this. When you learn who you are, you know how you're supposed to be. I'll say that again. When you learn who you are, you know how you're supposed to be. You know how you're supposed to act. You know how you're supposed to talk. You know how you're supposed to think. You know how you're supposed to conduct your lives. You know how you're supposed to make right decisions. You know that you're supposed to spend the time in prayer. You know you're a spirit man. You depend upon the leadership of the Holy Spirit uh, uh, other than reasoning. You know that it's important that you walk by faith and not by sight. And so when you learn who you are in Christ, then you, be, you, you learn who you're supposed to be in this earth. Amen? All right. Let's look at uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You know what that scripture says, but we're going to go there. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians. Hallelujah. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, everybody say in Christ. If anybody... Any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. Some uh, specify a new creature or a new species of being that never before existed. Brand new, praise God. Brand new creature. All things are what? Passed away. Behold, all things. How many? All things have become brand new, praise God. So... When we're born again, this is different way, the old way of doing business, the old, old way of being now has changed for a brand new creation in Christ. What's that mean to be in Christ? We're in Him, He's in us. He wants to live His life through us. He wants to be that victory, that victory in the earth through you and I. He wants to 
see people set free, delivered by his power, changed by his spirit. But how can that be unless he inhabits us to the place that we're not us, we're him walking in this earth? Hallelujah. We are not the way we used to be. We don't work, walk according to flesh. Now we walk according to spirit. We walk by the dictates of the spirit. We're about the, the devil's manipulating someone's life, trying to get in to our home. We say, oh, no, you don't. I have authority over you in the name of Jesus. You have to depart the premises. No place in my home. I won't tolerate it. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's a brand new way of walking and talking and thinking and acting. It's not just, oh, I'm a believer, I'm a born-again Christian, but who is he in us? Because we're, he's in us, we're in him. And in him, we're more than conquerors. In him, we're overcomers. In him, we can do all things. Who strengthens us, praise God. In him, we're never alone. In him, the greater one can walk out, walk in us, Walk out his plans and purposes in us. The enemy comes along, problems come along, things happen in this earth. It doesn't shake us because we know that we're overcomers. We're not just a Christian, but we're somebody because that somebody lives in us and we're in him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God speaks to your heart about doing something. You know, something comes along, and here's, here's something that's presented to you to do. Your natural mind tells you there's no way. One, maybe I don't have the resources, the finances to do it. Maybe I don't have the abilities. But you've learned to walk by faith and not by sight, and so you know the greater one dwells in, in him, in you, and so you, you answer from his point of view, not from the fleshly point of view. And so you answer and you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Even though your mind might be going, tilt, 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 who, who, uh, I can't do this. I, on the inside, you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not alone. The greater one dwells in me, praise God. There's nothing impossible to those who believe. You begin to declare the word of God and you, you, you declare it and you see yourself how God sees you and I. We begin to speak from that. We've learned now who we are, and by learning who we are, we learn what we have, what we have available, how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to talk, how we're supposed to think, our response to things, situations, and how we conduct ourselves in this life. It's no longer just, well, you know, I'm just a little old me, I'm just, you know. No, the greater one dwells inside of us, praise God. God himself We were here, I don't know, uh, had been here four or five years, maybe six, and there was a rash of teenage deaths, some suicide, some um, being killed by a car accident, stuff like this. And the Lord spoke to me just as plain and clear, and he said, I've placed you here in this place. How long are you going to allow this to persist? Now, that will blow your religious thinking out of the water. 
Because God set us here, set us here to be his voice and his influence in this area. I'm not bragging on me, I'm bragging on God. Because he needs you and I to work through. And all of a sudden it got my attention, uh, duh, yeah. And we stood up and we said, Satan, Satan, you've had enough of this. We command this to stop right now. There's enough of these young people's lives being taken. What am I doing? I'm taking the authority that God gave us, our spiritual authority. As a spiritual leader, a Christian in this area, community, as a pastor, the Lord was expecting me to take what he's given already in the authority and walk it out so that that stuff junk doesn't happen. It's no different than in your home, things happen and begin to take place and begin to affect things in a negative way. How long are you going to allow that to go on? How long, when is it that you stand up and say, no, you don't, devil, not in my house? No, you don't. No, not in my community, not in my town, not in my county. No, in the name of Jesus, I command this to stop right now, and he has to obey. The enemy is under your feet. That's the truths that Paul preached. That's what we find in, in uh, uh, especially when you begin reading. Okay, let's just go over there. Turn, turn your Bibles to, to uh, uh, Ephesians. Just go over there to Ephesians chapter 1. You cannot talk about Paul's writings if you don't talk about Ephesians. And again, I reiterate, Paul is not, was not Jesus. We're not lifting him up above Jesus. They worked together. Paul practiced Jesus' writings and was a deliverer of the message that God preached and wanted through Christ in you, the hope of glory. Ephesians chapter 1. We'll just begin reading in verse 1. Paul... An apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Who would that be? Say, that's me. Praise God. Make it personal. Amen. Grace be to you and peace from, from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul's really writing this to us as well, right? That's why the word of God is always fresh and new. Praise God. It's good. Blessed be the, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. According as he hath chosen us in him. Everybody say in him. And by the way, if you don't have those marked or underlined, when we hit these, you need to do it so you'll see how many times it's in your word. Some of you don't even have these marked in your Bible. You need to get them marked. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, criticizing, I'm just saying, mark these. This is who you are in Christ, okay? According as he hath purposed um, us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, and to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom, there's another one, 
We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Now, as you read this, you see yourself. Here is a snapshot. Here, here's a picture. Really, it's an x-ray of who we are in him, in Christ. Okay? This is talking about who we are in him. Wherein? He hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which were in heaven, which are in earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Verse 13, In whom ye also trusted, after ye heard the word of truth and the gospel of your salvation. Now we could go on and on, down in verse 20, in Christ, there's an in Christ in there. Paul began to bring out, this, this is who we are. This is the inheritance we have. This is what's been given to us. This is what's available to us, but it's in Him. It's in Him. It's in Him. As we begin to learn who we are in Him, we begin to do what He in Him does. Hallelujah. Did you know God doesn't want the world, God doesn't want problems, God doesn't want the devil running roughshod over you or your family. No, he wants you and I to walk around and be the light in the darkness that's in this world. Sadly, many Christians today are acting just like the world. There's no difference, no difference in their lives. They might claim that I'm a Christian, I'm a believer but the actions prove otherwise. Let me ask you this. Are you any threat to the devil? Should be. Don't answer that. Just think about it. Are you any threat to the devil? Is he afraid of you? Or will he tell you, oh, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And it's only because he will recognize and respond if we know who we are in him. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So this is, this is just getting down to the brass tacks. This is, this is where we're at in our everyday life. You and I have so much available to us. God wants us to rise up in him and be who he's called us to be. Amen. He hasn't, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's terrible in the world today that we live in. There's a lot of bad things out there in the world, but did you know that he picked you and I to represent him for such a time as this? And he wouldn't have picked us if he didn't know we didn't have the stuff to do what needed to be done. 
So it's time for us to rise up with the stuff, praise God, and be who God's called us to be, glory to God. Be the voice in the earth. Be the one that declares, no, devil, you've had your way long enough here in, in, in this town. You've had your way long enough in my, in my life or in my family's life. Things are changing now, praise God. Things are changing because I'm finding out who I am in Christ. I'm not my own, praise God. I'm blood-bought by the precious blood of the Lamb. I've been given the name of Jesus. I've been given his word, praise God. I can rise up in the face of the enemy and in the face of adversity and see victory through to the end, praise God. I'm going to be who God's called me to be. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And we're gonna, the world is going to turn their eyes to Jesus because of who they see working through me. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God we're not alone. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful? Glory to God. God, just give him thanks right now. Father, we just give you thanks. Hallelujah. We're so thankful to be called your child. We're so thankful that you've endowed us with your power. Given us everything that we need for life and godliness, Lord. Hallelujah. We give you praise because you love us so much. You love us. Glory to God. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.